Welcome to this episode of The Sales Project. I'm Jason. And I'm Nicole. Today we have a super awesome guest. David Kesey is here with us all the way from Santa Clarita. Um, David was actually introduced to me by a high-level producing real estate team here in San Diego. Um, had a great conversation with him and thought he'd be an awesome guest to shed some shed some light and some nuggets for everybody to kind of pick up on. Um, so David, uh, speaker, author, coach, as I had mentioned, high-level minor league baseball player, which we were just getting into, which was all very exciting. Um, but David's going to kind of share a lot of what he's talking with, uh, you know, some of his coaching clients and stuff right now, which is, you know, how to succeed in a new environment. We had a lot that a lot of shifting and pivoting that had to take place over the last year and a half. And I'd say that the ones who the agents and lenders and title escrow professionals who did that are the ones who are really succeeding right now. So, David, thank you so much for taking the time out of your coaching day. Um, I know you're traveling and stuff again now, too. Uh, to to be with us here. Why don't you give our listeners maybe a little deeper dive on who you are and, and how you got to where you're at? Cool. Yeah, well, I'm I'm jazzed to be here. So when you asked me to do it, I was very excited. So thanks for doing this. Um, you know, uh, if, if somebody wants the, the, you know, the snapshot of David Keesty, I guess it was, uh, you know, probably started around four years old. I wanted to be a professional baseball player. And that kind of became my life's mission that probably lasted up to about 30 years old, but I had a detour around eight years old, which is where, and a lot of people don't know this about me. I'm actually just going to do this on your podcast. I'm doing this right now. A lot of people don't know this. I was, uh, I died when I was eight years old. Oh my gosh. Um, I was hit by a drunk driver and, uh, I was riding on my bike and died, came back to life had a near-death experience and you know there was a lot of things that were crazy about that but continued to play baseball really weird though i died and didn't break a bone in my body it was very weird um but a gift right so then i played baseball kept going through my teens went into high school went into college and then was fortunate enough to play six years of professional baseball after that went into the family business of real estate my grandfather uh was a broker of two offices my mom and dad bought and sold real estate and then my brother's still on the lending side so when i was done with baseball it was kind of like okay you're going into the family business right and so uh that's what i ended up doing then got uh recruited and started working over for a guy named tom ferry uh who is a legend in his own right has his big company and all that kind of stuff and worked for him and worked my way through the company and uh, helped grow that company, ended up going on the road speaking and coaching, and then um, went off on my own and did my own thing and been doing my own thing for about five, six years now. And it has been an absolute blessing and I'm loving every minute of it. That's, That's awesome. the whole snapshot. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Well, I, you, you really caught me off guard with the, I died, died. when I was eight. So if I can yeah. redo the intro, I'd say the immortal right? David. Didn't they make a movie um, about you or something yeah. like that? Holy Without smokes. breaking a bone in yes. the body. I think, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Funny story. When I, uh, this, the recent book that I wrote was, it was fortunate enough to be an international bestseller, which I'm so grateful for. It's for, because of most of my clients and everybody. But, um, when I wrote the book, when I was meeting with my book editor, she's like, okay, so tell me a little bit about you. I'm like, okay, great. Well, it started off. I died when I was eight. And then she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. 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 You can't just throw out stuff. Like I died when I was eight. Like it's that, it, yeah, I had chicken for lunch. Right. You know? <laughs> right. So, I apologize for dropping the bomb. Yeah, no, I totally understand. So obviously we're coming out of a very, uh, I, don't, I wouldn't say difficult, but a changing time frame, and not just the market. Every real estate agent talks about a changing market, but this is like a changing atmosphere, a changing thought process, a changing everything. So you're obviously currently coaching a ton of very high 
highly successful real estate agents, what's kind Mm -hmm. of the number one thing that you're talking to agents about right now? As California here, we just opened up 100%. Things are at maximum capacity. We don't have to wear masks and stuff like that. Peds have been eliminated here. Open houses are starting to open, caravans. So what are some things that you're discussing with your top agents right now to be doing? It's a really good question. So it's twofold though. So when, when everything that just got done was happening, ironically, the first thing I said was keep doing what you're doing, right? So it's kind of that theory of, um, you know, Tony, Tony Robbins used to tell this story about him when he would go do NASCAR driving. He would just go rent out NASCARs and drive. And he would say one of the things that the coaches told him is that because you're going so fast, the car is going to drift up towards the wall. And it's really, really important that as you drift up towards the wall, that you stay focused on where you want to go. Because if you focus on the wall, the car will go into the wall. So you got to really stay focused where you want to go. And as that wall gets closer, you just stay more and more focused on where you want to go. That was kind of my approach when all of it went down. Um, You know, normally I'm at the forefront of everything. I I pretty much see the trends, as I'm sure you are too, right? You see the trends, you see affordability changing or whatever that might be where you say, oh, you know what? We're going into this kind of market. Uh, but the common answer that I gave at that time, I was like, uh, I don't know, you know, a pandemic isn't in my playbook. I, <laughs> I didn't see it coming. <laughs> I didn't see any of this coming. Um, and so it was like, just keep doing what you're doing. And what I noticed is the people who just kept their head down and they ignored the hype. Now, it's not to say that COVID is not real. Of course, it's real. Of course it is. And of course things change. Of course they did. But it was really easy to get distracted, go hide in your cubby hole, give up. Uh, you know, be afraid. But what I noticed, the people who just kept doing what they were doing, some of them were just like, da, 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 da. And they just kept doing what they're doing. And they just kept selling houses. And they were like, I, I'm actually loving it that everybody's pulling off. They're hitting the break because I'm just doing what I'm doing. And I'm having, some of them had the best years they ever had in 2020, financially anyway. Um, now what I'm talking about is I'm talking about the post-pandemic boom is now that the masks start to come off, now that, are we going to ever go back to normal? Again, I'm going to, I'm going to repeat the same thing. I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball for this thing. I've, I never experienced this, but I do know that there's probably going to be some kind of post pandemic boom where people start buying more people start going out to restaurants, more people feel more comfortable. So we might start to see a little bit more homes come on the market and stuff like that. So I'm saying, well, you always want to prepare as a real estate agent, as a title rep, as a lender, whatever business you're in, you always want to prepare for the market that is coming while you're playing in the market that's here, I believe. And, you know, it's kind of off that Wayne Gretzky saying, you know, I don't, I don't follow the puck around. I skate to where the puck is going. And that's why I was always able to win. Well, I have everybody preparing for, hey, the biggest transference of wealth happens in down cycles. And we have certainly had, it's not even a down cycle. It's just a weird cycle. I mean, I'll ask you guys, have you guys ever seen a market like what we're in right now? No, no. It's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. People are like, you know what? I know the house is worth 600,000. I'll give you 725 plus two free years in Netflix plus Chick-fil-A. Like, what are you talking about in these offers? It's crazy. It's a crazy market. But in every type of market that gets kind of weird like this, it's a major opportunity for us as business people to say, well, you know what? This is an opportunity to serve. Whenever there's chaos like that, people need to be served. And so the biggest transference of wealth, I believe, happens during these times. So some of the things specifically that I'm working on my clients with is, number one, how is your psychology? Is your psychology, are you, are you training your mind the way that an athlete would train their body? 
or maybe the way an athlete would even train their mind. So how is your psychology and making sure that they're staying in the right mindset to be able to perform? The second one is planning. And that's a really big one, not necessarily a full 12 month business plan, but at least marking down like, what do I want to accomplish this month? And then staying focused on that and making sure there's a little bit of planning and some contingency plans there. The next one is having them pivot their marketing, which has really had to happen lately. I mean, I've really, have you guys noticed that especially on social media marketing, it's pivoted a lot. The way that people are marketing on social media is crazy. And so there has to be some kind of pivot in the messaging and everything that we're doing. The next one is sales, making sure that they're keeping their sales skills sharp. And the last one is leadership. Those five categories I'm harping on all the time, because the truth is if you master those five pillars, it doesn't really matter what the market does. Yeah. And when you talk about, you know, those pillars and keeping, you know, your business going strong right now in the current market, but also trying to forecast and prepare yourself by doing those things. How do you talk to your teams and agents about like, where's the balance? Like, how can you be still fully immersed crushing the current market while having your set sight on, you know, putting those pillars into place for the future? Like, what's the what's the secret sauce? Where, where, yeah, where so is, is it people hiring it's people? What is it? Yeah. It's interesting that you ask me that because the only people that ask those questions are high producers <laughs> because they're the only ones really doing what I call parallel strategies. They're running strategy A and they know that that's going to fizzle out around here. So they're already putting things in place for this strategy. And that is something that um, it's, it's not easy right? Especially since you, if you have a team that, that is running, you have, they have to keep doing the parallel strategy while you're over here preparing where the ship is going to go next. And so it's not easy. Um, I will say this, it doesn't get done in a day. And so I have a funny saying inside of our coaching program, which is don't get done today. What can be put off till tomorrow, which is like the invert of, right. I was like, wait, uh... <laughs> don't put off till tomorrow. We can get done today. But no. the reason for that is this, the people that, that join my coaching program are normally people who value things like marketing, like selling, like doing the activities they're supposed to do. And so, or they at least want to get better at it or they know the value of it. And so the things that we can put off till tomorrow, like if you don't have your plan dialed today for the next 12 months, I see some people that just stop taking action until they have that plan. You don't want to fall into that, right? So it's, and and the truth is as you're running plan A, there's going to be things that happen that reveal and solidify and clarify plan B. So you have an intention on plan B, but it's so important that you focus on where you're at now. And so what I would say is this, two things. Number one is the planning portion, making sure you're thinking three months, you know, 12 months, three years, five years. Some of my coaching clients, we even work on a hundred year plan, like, oh, wow. like developing legacy and that kind of stuff. But you have an intention and a direction that you want to go, but it, it takes a top producer and a strong mindset which is why I'm so glad you asked this question to be able to plan for the future and then yet focus on the moment. Which is a good question. Yeah. And I was just about to say about the mindset. So give us some examples on how to set a good mindset. Cause how do you, how do you start thinking? I want to be a legacy. I want to start planning for a hundred (laughs) years. I mean, I, I, you, you have to have a pretty good mindset to be able to do, to, to set those type of goals. I, I think so. So I think there's two things that happen, right? So I think that and you've heard that that cliche saying, right? There's two of the most important days of your life are the day that you were born and the second day is when you find out why. Um, I think too many people, especially in real estate, do things they don't like. So <clears throat> I heard one, um, I had a person named Alex who was, I was doing an event. There was probably about 200 people there and he came up to me at the break and he said, 
I just need to be more disciplined. And I said, that's interesting. What is your definition of discipline? And he said, doing things you don't like to do, but doing them anyway, right? Something like that. And I said, that's interesting. Who do you like admire as being really disciplined? And he said, LeBron James. And I said, that's cool. Do you think that LeBron James doesn't like basketball? And he said, no, I think he probably loves it. I went, well, then your definition of discipline doesn't really stand. He loves working out. He loves it. Now, are there days he doesn't feel like working out? Yes. Are there days he doesn't feel like playing basketball? Yes, that comes and goes. But LeBron is aligned with what are his talents, his purposes, what he likes doing. And as a result, he looks very consistent. He looks very disciplined. But the truth is, if you told LeBron James he has to do you know, algebra every day, I'll bet he flakes on it. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so I, I think that developing the mindset comes more through alignment than it does trying to contort yourself into something you don't like. And that comes in two forms, right? One is to align with, I know title reps that moved into being an agent. I know agents that moved into being a lender and boom, their careers take off, right? Maybe they didn't like that profession, but they moved to a different profession and boom, they take off. Another way is if I am a real estate agent, but there's certain aspects I don't like, for instance, if I like selling, if I like generating leads and marketing and networking and all that kind of stuff, but I don't like the admin, well, I can hire that out. And then now I'm going to be consistent at the things that I like doing. So I think that it, to, to make it a short point, I think it has more to do with alignment than it does hustling and grinding. Yeah. And I, I always think of the saying like, oh, if you love what you do you never work a day in your life i'm like well you don't have to love every no single thing about your business no. but if you can find the avenue like no. you said where you're super aligned and passionate about i think that obviously can yeah. probably drive a much fruitful more enjoying fulfilling career than feeling like yeah. you have to love the entire process of it but when we talk about you know filling some of those needs of maybe things we don't love to do how do you talk to your agents who are maybe you know, on that cusp of making those kind of hires or growing a team, where, sh where do you instruct them to kind of look first? Is it, is it admin help? Is it just part-time? Do they hire them on full-time? What do you tell the agent who's thinking, I need help. My production is there. I want to start growing, you know, my team. Yeah. So I'll tell you a story about me personally, and then I'll tell you what I, teach my clients. So <clears throat> obviously, uh, before the pandemic, I traveled a bunch, I'd get on planes, I'd fly to Florida, I'd fly to uh, North Carolina, Georgia, New York, I mean, everywhere, even Canada, I'd be flying to to go do presentations and speaking. Now I love speaking, it's my element. Um, I tend to create a lot of transformation in two areas, speaking to a crowd and one on one. That typically is my thing, or maybe in a group setting. And I love it. When I get up on stage, I have so much fun. Like what we're doing right now, I just, I dig it. I love hanging out with people. I love having conversations to better ourselves like this. This is my jam. But what was not my jam was booking the flight, booking the hotel, jumping on the plane, going through everything I had to go through, getting the hotel, like doing that travel. Now, ironically, that was something that I did in baseball. I did that a lot in the minor leagues. You're literally on a bus every day. You're always going somewhere, but I don't like that part. And it's very easy to go, eh, do I really want to go through all that? But I don't acknowledge it. In fact, I kind of bypass my mind. I just think so much about that presentation and the impact it'll have and how amazing it'll be that I, my mind doesn't really wake up until I'm on the plane and I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> and I'm already there, <laughs> right? Um, 
So, so, but what I ended up doing was I started saying, okay, well, what portion of this do, how can I mitigate this? There's some things I can't, I got to get on the plane, but could I find more convenient flights? And could I, is there a way that I could expedite that process? Could I hire an assistant? I, the thing I really didn't like was booking it, like getting on Expedia and doing all this, because couldn't stand it, right? That wasn't my thing. And so I hired somebody, I had an assistant that would bring all my gear with me, that would come with me. My executive assistant would book all the flights and it would just, I would literally went from like having the stress to going, where am I going next? Okay. And I would just follow it. It was great. It was almost like being on a vacation. I'd be on my phone. She was handling everything all the time. It was really great. And so what I tell my clients is this, um, there's some things that you're not good at. And in fact, in fact, I find a lot of rock star agents that are on the cusp that could be way bigger than they are. They don't get to that next level because of what you just talked about, which is like, they don't want to delegate. They don't know where to find it. Maybe sometimes they're a control freak, right? So like, nobody can do it as good as me. Mm -hmm. That's just not true. And so finding things that A, you're not good at, or B, that, uh, that you don't like doing, is very effective for a couple of reasons. Number one, what would it be like if that thing that you don't like doing that you spend 20% of your time on, what, it would, what would it be like if somebody who was better than you at it spent 100% of their time on it? It would be amazing. It would be better than you ever had. And so what I tell a lot of my clients that are building teams, they'll be like, well, <clears throat> how do I create the systems? And I'm like, you, you don't create the systems unless you, unless you know that system really well. Like if I'm, gonna, if I'm gonna create a system, it's gonna be a sales process or a marketing process. That's my, that's my jam. I'm really good at that. But if I'm gonna create some kind of like system from admin position, I was like, don't do that. I'll give you an example. Bookkeeping, I'm terrible at bookkeeping. Yeah. I, I, I can do it, but like, it'll take me four hours to do what a bookkeeper would take 20 minutes, right? And so what I did is I hired a bookkeeper and I came in the bookkeeper went, don't like bookkeeping, huh? I'm like, yeah, can you tell? Look around, I'm like, it's pretty brutal. And they said, could I, could I help you build a better system? I'm like, yeah. And so they built me a system. They're doing it. They're doing their thing. And I've kind of checked out the system. And I'm like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. So if they were to leave, I just passed the system off to the next bookkeeper. So I didn't actually create the system. They did. So that's the first thing I would say is that people who are like, they're, they feel, it feels daunting to them that, oh, I don't, I don't have anything ready hiring the people makes it ready because those people see your business and you in a way that you cannot see yourself because it's not your jam. The second thing is this, don't try to hire admin. Don't try to hire staff, hire talent. Admin is uninspiring, no. uh, ex except for people who are like doing admin, right? But the, the position itself <laughs> sounds not inspiring. The staff is something you go into war with and clubs over the head. Uh, talent is somebody who is amazed that you pay them to do what they do because it's so fun and they love doing it and they're behind a mission. And what I tell my people is if, if you just be amazing at what you do and you're always trying to help and uplift other people, talent will be attracted to you. You just got to get out of the way and let them come in and build the system for you. Yep. No, I totally, I wish, yeah, I wish we all my had. Mind's all, my mind's spinning with all these <laughs> yeah, things. Like, I'm wait, like, okay, now I need to hire I may, this. I may, I, need yeah. to hire. <laughs> I may be a combination of like not wanting to delegate it because I feel like I do 100%. it well, but at the same time, losing there's more control. Time, there's more time and money in other avenues, which I'm like, right. I could probably utilize 
some yep. things better here. And there is a process of too. I think, you know, we're speaking to hire producing agents too. I mean, when you're first into the business, you're not hiring out an admin or a marketing person and all of that good stuff. So I think I think that's obviously once we get into the the higher producing agent. Well, it's also why you have to follow, like what we teach inside our DK League inside of our program is we teach the five phases of fast growth for a real estate agent. And the first phase is startup. And in that phase, it's very important that you master the skill for each phase. 100%. And in that first phase, when they first get in the business, delegation and recruiting is not a skill that you need to know. It's selling and prospecting that you need to really master. So it's just making sure, and you're right, we're talking to the higher agent, um, I shouldn't even say higher, more long, further down the line, right? They're just producing at a higher level. That's typically the agent we've been referring to though. Well, let's talk about prospecting. What sure. is kind of your thoughts on prospecting right now in kind of our digital world that we're dealing with? So virtually everything has gone virtually and now we're kind of pulling back the reins a little bit. What are you advising or what are your clients doing that are finding a lot of success as we're moving forward? It's so funny you bring that up because <clears throat> inside of the coaching program, I just brought in my Facebook ads manager who is absolutely lethal. I mean, he's one of the best that I've ever seen and I've hired a lot of them. I've had him for about a year now. Um, so I brought him in to do a training. And the reason I brought him in was because one of the common things you see inside of real estate is this. They're like, well, I don't like to prospect. Like people don't like yes, to prospect. I don't want to yes. call. I don't want to door knock. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to prospect. I don't want to do this. I'm going to answer the phone. I'm just going to answer the phone. That's all I'm doing. Or if they call and they'll go to voicemail and I'll return their voicemail once I know what they want. <laughs> right. Or they say, well, that I want to get on social media. That's what I'll do. I won't have to prospect. I'll go on social media. And one of the reasons I liked bringing him in is the language he was using and the way he was showing us to run the ads was he's like, okay, this first ad set right here is called our prospecting ad set. And I'm like, oh, look at that. <laughs> that P word coming up again. Huh? And what was really interesting, some of the things that he blew our mind with is that, yes, you may be running ads, but you are still prospecting. The difference is you're not using your time, you're using your money. Right. And people who don't, who have a lot of time typically don't have a lot of money and people who don't have time have a lot of money. So the agent starts new here and then kind of goes there. Right. So as they scale, they start to spend more, but the thing is you're still advertising is prospecting. And then you've got a lead. And he even showed us here's our retargeting or our lead follow-up ads. Here's our conversion ads. It's the same dang thing, except you're using money. And if you don't know how to prospect in person, you certainly aren't going to know how to prospect digitally. So it was just very interesting in that um, one of the things that I, we teach inside the program is this. You're always one conversation away from a massive breakthrough. So even if you're a brand new agent, you run in, I mean, I remember when I used to door knock, I ran into, I was door knocking in my brother's neighborhood. It was like a $400,000 house. And I knocked on this one lady's door and I said, um, hey ma'am, we just listed a house over. I did the whole just list, just sold thing. And she said, son, do you know who I am? I said, no, ma'am. She goes, I'm Joanne Darcy. And I'm like, congratulations. <laughs> I don't know who that is. And I had just moved here. She goes, son, I'm the mayor. Shut up. And I was like, they, they named a library after her. I can't tell you how many connections I've made as a result of knocking on that one door. And that's why we say you're one conversation away. Well, even if somebody's going to go digitally like they are right now, and I, this is what I teach over and over and over, the purpose of marketing in real estate is to create a conversation. It's not so that you can somehow run an ad and sleep at night and deals start cranking. That's not, right. it's <laughs> yes. to get somebody to a conversation. So what do a lot of people do? They post on social media and they hope 
and they hope somebody reaches out to them. They hope somebody comments, but I'm like, you have 30, 30 comments here and 30 likes. Have you reached out to these people? But they don't because they haven't got their mindset around the prospecting. So I think prospecting has not changed. The medium has. Well, what, what do you guys think? Oh, I think the same thing. I, yeah. I just posted just something recently. It's like you, you, you're posting all this stuff on your social media. And you expect a listing agreement to come back after you uh, post your first reels. <laughs> like I just think it's hilarious to me. Um, and I, you know, we're all guilty of it, right? Like oh, I'll put out a social oh, media yeah, me post, too. and you know, it's just oh, you oh, I I checked I the it. box of prospecting today. You know, all done. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm gonna go have dinner. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we're all guilty of because it we're it. It's an it's an it's a great way to be able to get out into the masses, but it, it you do you're all all you're doing is trying to create conversations. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I saw think, um, yeah. keeping track. One of my clients uh, had sent 250 direct messages with one lead, and I'm like, that and those are and I asked those are cold direct messages. Like you don't know those people. He said, yeah. I said that sounds a lot like door knocking. Yeah, hundred percent. 100%. And what I've told people is video is the new door knocking. A hundred percent, hundred percent. If you're not using it, it's a free medium to be able to be in front of a yeah. lot of people versus one door at a time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Looking, looking at my own business of this last year of, you know, I think we've both incorporated mail, mail. the digital ads, the one to one, the video messaging, all of those things during this time, I think of. Like, that's good. I think if you look, yeah, at, that's that's what we teach too. Is is multiple mediums online and offline. That's good. Yeah, I think the the full gamut of it, and you can't probably point to one thing and say, oh, you know what, I ran these ads, and now my business is booming. That message, it's because it's all this full circle, uh, everything in conjunction with one another. It seems like you're getting just exponential touches on your prospects, leads, current clients that mm -hmm. it, Which it just seems like a no-brainer. It is harder, I think, in my opinion, and because I, I have been doing it prior to really social media. And mm -hmm. if you think about it, agents, all they did was door knock, called, or mailed. Those were your three options, really, right. on prospecting. Right. And now you're throwing in social media with different groups and meetups and all that. So I think Google pay-per-click and YouTube. Absolutely. Really. So I think that it's a greater opportunity, but there's a lot more mastery. And as you kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier is hiring those positions out. So many agents think that we all have to do all of the tasks yeah. and we're not all experts at all of this, you know, with all the social media, all the mailing, everything, correct? Money well spent. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh yeah. Are you kidding me? Like my organic social media, like if, if I had to do all that, we, so we have something uh, from my own company that we teach our coaching clients called the pillar strategy, which is we create one piece of content that ends up being like 20 pieces of content. Man, if I had to do that process, it's like a 24 step process. If I had to do that, I would go nuts. I'm, I don't want to be, but there are people who geek out on it. They love it. They're like editing it and putting the transitions in and they're putting the <laughs> captions in and they're geeking out. I'm like, I'm freaking out. I've got an iMovie and I'm like, why do I have to do this? <laughs> so yes, yeah. you're right. Money well spent. Yeah. Alfred's over here. I don't own these mics. I don't own the camera. <laughs> the right. lights are beautiful. Right. That is not yeah. Our, uh, yeah. our thing. Not your thing. No. You know? But well, David, he loves it. He's good at it. Oh yeah, he's very good at it. Yeah, you just yeah. You gotta check out the Wave Gretzky show as well. Yes, he's he, got. A he good did geek out for a second when you mentioned the the Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, uh, there you go. Following, you know, get to the puck. <laughs> yeah. But David, why don't you share where um, people can connect with you, get more insight on your coaching, plug the new book, um, let let the people know. 
Sure. So you can get the book uh, for, you just pay for the shipping and I send you the book. So the book's like $24, but you pay for $7 shipping and I send it to you. You can get that at findawaybook.com. Findawaybook.com because the book's called Find A Way. So findawaybook.com and then you can get it for free or you can go to davidkesey.com too. So weird last name, K-E-E-S-E-E. Um, davidkesey.com. You can go to either one of those. And obviously you can hit me up on social media, my Facebook, my Instagram. I'm very, uh, I respond to everybody. That's actually the only thing in my social that I don't delegate out. If any personal messages come in, I, I'm the one who responds to them. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you guys. This has been amazing. Well, okay. good. Yeah, it's been amazing for, for us. Thanks yeah. for taking the time. I know you're, you're jet setting to where next was it like somewhere in Georgia? Noon in Georgia. And and back down and actually coming to San Diego to watch a you know a Tatis yep. you know home run or something. So yep. and then after that I'm going to Fort Lauderdale, so I'm kind of like all over the place. Awesome. Well, yeah, but I appreciate we'll spending time with you guys. You guys you know, have a good thing going on here. Well, thank yeah, you. We'll, appreciate we'll have our audience stay tuned. We're we're gonna try and put some you know together some things with with David here in the future and hopefully yeah. give uh, some in person opportunities too. So thanks yeah, for I hanging like out it. with the sales project and uh, we'll uh, catch you soon.